Welcome back into yet another week of WFUV's Nosebleeds podcast covering everything MLB related here from the campus of Florida University. I'm Miles Grossman joined by Colin Lochran and Andrew Goulad today. How are we doing today guys? Miles, Andrew, it's great to be here with you both. Obviously New York baseball has been on a tear all summer long. Although both teams kind of trending in different directions at the moment, regardless of how you feel about last night's Yankees win, the Mets playing much better baseball at this given time. Excited to get into all of it with you both. Yeah, guys, I'm really excited. I mean, this is my first time on Nosebleed since like the spring. So to kind of see where the Mets are still on, you know, this 100 win track, I'm elated uh, as, you know, the beat reporter for the Mets and also obviously a big fan my whole life. And the Yankees, I mean, they definitely over, I mean, they overperform, I mean, they, had, they were on pace when you look at like June into July to be one of the best teams ever. They've obviously fell off. We've all kind of known that. We'll get into that for sure. But it's definitely an, an interesting time to talk baseball. Both these teams poised to make the playoffs and New York baseball playoffs. I mean, that's really all you can ask for. And there's so much to talk about. And Andrews, yeah, since last time we talked, you've been through a roller coaster being a Mets fan, right? Oh, yeah. With the Scherzer de Grom. <laughs> just completely absent for many months. And then, of course, they're coming back at exactly when you want them to come back. So tons to talk about with the Mets. So we'll get into that later. But first, we'll start off with the Bronx Bombers. Last night, it was an unbelievable game. I was lucky enough to be there for WFUV. Josh Donaldson, a walk-off grand slam. That is not something that you really ever see in baseball, let alone in extra innings, et cetera. It's just unreal. Although you could say there's a little asterisk because of the – you know, extra runner at second. Both teams are <laughs> yeah. a little different, but but the Yankees will uh, take it. I guarantee. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, especially given what they've been through as a club. You know, going into last night, two and eleven in the last thirteen. Aaron Judge one for fourteen in his last fourteen abs. Just not what we saw very recently out of this Yankee team. Just extremely dominant, intimidating, and this is pretty shocking. If you would have told this to me just a couple months ago. So, you know. I want to talk to you about this, Andrew, because I know you paid attention to this team. I, it, it, it's shocking a little bit to see this team hit the spiral like this. What, what do you think has contributed to it? And, you know, are, what are the new expectations now that they're ice cold? Are, are they still going to be this championship ball club we thought they were going to be last month? Uh, so the, why I think they're not kind of, you know, excelling, doing well, it's got to go back to the offense. I mean, the, the pitching and the injuries, obviously, I think a lot of people are going to point to that as well. But when you look at the last night and you see a lot of besides last night, there are a few other games where they scored like six or seven runs, but since the trade deadline, which is everyone's going to talk about, they've only scored more than three runs, three times. And that's, you know, a lot of that, that can attribute to a lot of losing baseball and to them only having three wins since the trade deadline, the Mets have won four series since the trade deadline. So you, you just look at the difference, you know, and really the faltering the Yankees have, they're kind of nosediving right now. I mean, for what they were at, really, right around that trade deadline, even after they got swept by the Mets in the Subway Series, they come out, they went 3-4 out of four against Kansas City, and they, they win the first game against the Mariners, and everyone's like, oh, everything's looking good. Everyone did exactly, up until that day of the trade deadline, they did exactly what they what a lot of Yankee fans wanted, brought in Ben Attendee, and then you kind of have a questionable move of trading a Montgomery, which, you know, on this podcast we've definitely talked about, uh, and kind of since then, it's just been a nosedive. I mean, people talk about the uh, John Mayer song, Free Falling. That's exactly what the Yankees are doing right now. I mean, we'll, we'll see what this team kind of turns into. I don't think 
look, they've had a ton of success this year. Do I think they're going to be completely out of it? No. They're obviously going to make the playoffs. They're obviously going to win the AL East. I think everyone's big question is going to be, can they beat the Houston Astros? And mm-hmm. I don't think this team beats the Houston Astros. I, I, I think this is another Yankees team. We've seen so many of them that will probably in the playoffs falter. May I, I see them getting past the ALDS probably just because, I mean, who knows right now? I mean, if they continue playing this baseball, they won't. But I, I, I think they kind of level it back. I think they're going to end up playing better baseball. But they have no reason to believe right now that they're better than the Astros, who are right now the best team in the American League. And for I think it would be the third time they play in the ALCS in the past five years. I don't think they get it done once again. Oof. I'm going to have to disagree. A very <laughs> big disagree on my part. Miles, Andrew, you both know I write about this team. You also check that out, by the way, Yank School Yard. Got to plug it, guys. I'm someone who's been born and raised in New York. I've watched many seasons of Yankees baseball. Grandfather's a diehard Yankees fan. This team is not the same team from 2021. Garrett, it's not the same thing. Now, I know the nosedive is real. I know it's there. But I keep asking myself this question amidst all of this. Have they constructed a team that can win a game in the playoffs? Because I don't think they had that last year and the answer is yes this year more so than last year you have a team that can win a singular game mm-hmm. and what i mean by that is sometimes in the playoffs it's a crapshoot that ancient quote from Moneyball, right it never goes quite as expected it's a different game regular exactly. season baseball and postseason baseball can almost call it a different sport <laughs> exactly and i think the yankees more than any other year in 2019 or 2021 or even more to go back to 2017 they have a team that can win a singular postseason game in a way that they didn't before and getting back john carlos stanton will help that getting rizzo back to a better form of health will help that i think getting better bullpen performances from guys like loisica and not overexpending someone like a wandy peralta will definitely help that. To your point, Andrew, about getting rid of Montgomery, horrible decision by Cashman. I do agree with you there. You cannot sacrifice rotational depth when you're getting this close to the postseason because at the very least, he could have been someone in those middle innings in a postseason. Exactly. Or if if something injuries, you know, you never know. With starting pitching in the postseason is, you know, your number one priority. Talk about a different game. That's where it starts. And the Yankees have gotten, you know, great starts. You look at, obviously, Nestor Cortez and, you know, Garrett Cole, you're hoping could, you know, return to that star status once the postseason hits. I think that's kind of yet to be seen. I mean, the, the one thing I do want to say, just to want to, sorry, cut you off there, but the Yankees, though they look different, I think, in the beginning of the year, you, you look at the runners in scoring position, the average running runners in scoring position is, you know, top bottom 10 in the league, which is, again, a problem, I think, for this team. I think they're 22nd or 21st. So that, I think, is a big area for this team that we've seen them fall in those areas. And, you know, the, in this kind of losing streak, you've seen those attributes rear their ugly head once again. See, to me, that's a product of the free fall. Right now, they're still third yeah. in on base percentage league-wide. So as long as you're getting guys on base and you're getting more healthy or healthier as time comes back here, they will. October, you're going to be better off. Getting Stanton back in the middle of the lineup will be such a big help for this oh, yeah. team. Even I've argued putting a guy like Benintendi ninth would help them dramatically. Because if you put him ninth, you have like that double leadoff function almost with LeMahieu that you book every single night to bat one or two when he's in there. I'm not a fan of hitting Judge leadoff. I think he's your number two hitter throughout the postseason. Just things that Boone and company can do to kind of put your team in better position to drive in those runners. 
because they're still getting guys on base. As long as that number doesn't continue to plummet, offensively, I think they're going to figure it out at some point. And then as far as pitching goes, Frankie the Yankee has to get acquainted to New York. Montes <laughs> is going to be a good Yankee before the season mm-hmm. is over. He has to just get acquainted with the new surroundings. And quite honestly, I'd like to see more of that platoon style catching come back. I was very high on Trevino right before the All-Star break. I hate to say he has not called great games as of late in my estimation. I think maybe having a little bit of a switch here and there with him and Higgy could help this team again. So right now, I understand the worry that Yankees fans have and that New York has for their Yankees, but it is not time to hit the panic button because if you get to a playoff series against Houston and you really start to win some games right now, Make the Josh Donaldson game mean something. Start winning some games. And if you get that home field advantage and a game seven ALCS in the Bronx, the Astros are not leaving with a win. It's just not going to happen. Eh. I was there for the first series yeah. between the Astros and the <laughs> They're not winning a game seven in the Bronx. It's not happening. Not with Justin Verlander on the mound? No. It's not happening. I'm sorry. I genuinely mean that. But it is it is an amazing point. that The Yankees are so high in all these various statistical offensive categories. And that's following their slump. I mean, it's just a testament to how dominant they've been, right? Like, they have a seven-game hold on the AL East right now, and that's after this slide. It's it's unreal. So, I mean, they're, you know, using the advantage they gave themselves, I guess, you know, kind of ex- well, expending their cushion a bit. But It's I- also the AL East, I wouldn't say. I mean, look, the AL East, I think, top to bottom, the best division in baseball – but there is nobody. There's not like a Braves with the Mets, or you can mm. kind of go to other divisions where you have someone kind of knocking on their door like yeah. that. Which, which look to the Yankees' credit, they built out that big lead. So now, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, this if they're able to, you know, right this ship. Which I mean, you know, if they can't, that would be like I, I think they have a good enough team. And I think if Stanton comes back, as Colin, I think you brought up a great point about Stanton. If he comes back healthy, and you know, it was like since it was like the All Star break, right when he kind of. That's like, when the injury started. Yeah. The Achilles got bad. Yeah, and um, that's... Getting him back would be huge. And also having the pitching start to really take off would help as well. I don't think they had as bad a pitching as everyone's been making it out to be recently. I think Tyone's given him some quality starts. Well, when you're not scoring three runs, it's tough to right. win games. And, you know, your pitching gets put under a microscope pretty quickly. Right, exactly. But I'm look. I'm looking at Garrett Cole as well. He's someone that really needs to step it up for this last part of the season. I think... Quite honestly, fans have had a sour taste in their mouth ever since last year at Fenway and that whole debacle. He can really help himself out in that club out by pitching some solid performances and really just not being afraid to use the fastball. He's the type of guy that when he does not have that working for him and he's not painting the corners, he's going to start to dance around the plate with the off-speed stuff. And that never works for him because then he feels like he's got to make a mistake pitch by accident almost just trying to get that fastball down the plate to begin with. So Cole's someone that really needs to step it up. And if this offense can drive in some more runs, they're going to be fine. So the Yankees still hold their 10-game lead over the AL East. But I want to ask you about this, because now the Yankees made a couple of call-ups in the recent days. Yesterday, Oswaldo Cabrera making his MLB debut. He goes 0 for 4, but there were some good signs, surely. A couple of good ABs, made some good plays in the field. I'm wondering, if you're Aaron Boone in the Yankees and you're slumping like this, are you sure that it's a good time to bring up your prospects? I, to me, you know, it's questionable a bit to me just because this is not, you know, right now being a Yankee is not the same thing that it was a month ago, right? And when you are brought up in this clubhouse environment, when you've gone, you know, you've lost 11 of your last 13, I don't know if that's a great environment to begin your MLB 
career and, you know, mentally, and as we know, baseball is so much between the years. Andrew, I don't know if it makes sense to bring Carrera up last night. It, it, I mean, I don't like, like to me, it's not that big of a deal. I, I think if you're a guy like him and if you're the Yankees, you're not asking Oswaldo Cabrera to be the, the the solution here. I mean, if you are, then look, you're a team that, what are the, how many games over, over 100 they are? Like, you mm. know, if, at this point, 30, 32, I think if I'm doing my math right, you're bringing a rookie. He's not the solution to the problem. It's going to be the guys that got you to the 30 games over that kind of had, you know, have been in this slide. And I, I think that's kind of with all of rookies, kind of the situation is especially on these good teams. Like if you're, you're not painting this guy to be your end all be all solution. I mean, if he can inject some, you know, youth and some energy into this ball club, that's exactly what you want him to do. I think that look Cabrera and like the Yankee fans as a whole have been trying to really call for the young guys to start being called up. I mean, you can kind of go down the list and, you know, rightfully so, especially when you have injuries and the Yankees have had their fair share of them. So to me, it's not like I don't mind the move, but I just think that you shouldn't be thinking Cabrera is the guy that's going to, you know, help you, you know, fix this and, you know, right the ship. I think it's going to have to be, you know, the guys that got you there, whether you, you turn to the LeMay Hughes when he comes back, Rizzo, you kind of go down the list. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't like they brought up Dominguez or Vaughn. Exactly. As well, yeah. was a different type of player. I do think he has a nice swing. He has a good power hack in him. He's someone that if he finds a couple mistake pitches over the heart of the plate, he'll make you pay. If they had brought up someone like Dominguez or Votney who are not ready for big league action, I would have had a problem with that. Bringing up Cabrera is like a lessened version of what the Mets did in 2015 when they brought up Conforto. Because at that time for the Mets, the offense was struggling a little bit or a lot. A, a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. I was being kind, and I was trying to be kind to those boys in Flushing. At the time, they were really struggling. And the was, let's bring up Conforto and maybe he'll provide a spark. I don't think at that time the Wilpons or all this, I never thought Conforto was going to solve the problem. I see bringing up Cabrera as kind of the same thing. They don't think he's going to solve the problem, but if he can provide a little bit of a spark. Also, it's different. Like the Mets at that point were five games over. Like they were just fighting mm. for a playoff spot. Right. This is before they got Cespedes, before they made those moves. I mean, the Yankees are far and ahead. I mean, Miles, you said it, 10 games up in the in division. Like that lead's probably going to stay. So well, if, you go on, if you go on Twitter, the sky is falling. So it's yeah. the same. Oh, obvious. <laughs> the Yankees fans, it's very similar, I'm sure, is that everything's kind of in that state of, uh-oh, like here, this is not the 1998 team. So I'm sure the feeling in that clubhouse in the front office is a little bit eerie. It's kind of like what the Mets must have been feeling at that time where you're, you're teetering. Not that you're going to miss the dance completely come October, but you're not feeling as comfortable. The state of Yankee fans is generally genuinely hilarious to me right now because, you know, they're, they're 10 games above the second place team in their division. Yeah, you, last night when I was at the game, the heckles when Chapman was kind of imploding in the top of the 10th there were unreal. I mean, it was fire Boone. It was we, we should be. I heard a quote, literally, we should be a city field. And just drunk <laughs> Yankee fans, Yankee fans being hilarious. And I mean, it ended up winning the ball game. You know what I mean? It's just so funny how I, they give it so quickly. That's New York baseball for you, though. But <laughs> I mean, that's New York baseball fans. I mean, you can go over to Mets Twitter and you'll find some uh, some people thinking the sky's falling before last night's game or even during last night's game. But like for me, this team, like I, I think it's a testament, though. Obviously, what the Yankees have built. Like no one wants to just make the playoffs. No one wants to just win the AL East. That's great and all, but this team is gonna is on a closing course for the Houston Astros. I, I think before this stretch, after this stretch, yeah. this team is on a collision course for Houston. 
and a mm. team that struggled against Houston time and time again in the playoffs. And we'll see what happens. I mean, maybe this is the year where they get the big hits and they're able to, you know, silence Houston. But I think that's what these, you know, these two teams are definitely the top two in the AL. I think obviously upsets can happen in the playoffs and teams could, you know, make runs and maybe it's the Mariners this year who's a team that's coming up and coming a young team. But it just seems like these two teams are at the top. And when you look at pound for pound right now, Yankees and Astros, I, I, you know, I don't blame Yankees fans for thinking we're not looking too hot when you look at, you know, that team with all they have with Verlander and that pitching staff and obviously the hitting that they've, you know, that they've built over the last few years. They're not winning a series if the Yankees get home field for a game seven of the Bronx. I'm sorry. It's not happening. Not even get How good Houston seven. is, it will not happen. It won't. Because I think I Boone, that. too, feels some type of way about what happened in 2019. And I don't think Boone's a good manager. And I think he'll get no. outmanaged by Dusty. That's I, 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 I'm just. I don't I, think Boone's I, a good. I don't think he's a great manager. But I think, given the context of this season, there he, he'll he'll manage his team smartly come that time. One thing is obvious in that you know it's two teams really in the AL, and if anyone else were to come out of the AL, it's shocking. But over to the National League, <laughs> that's not really the situation whatsoever. Yeah. Look at literally just within the NL East in itself, and that's no lock. Atlanta only four and a half games behind now, and that's that's steadily shrinking. I mean, just a couple of weeks ago, that was double that, and a few weeks before that, it was double that. So, you know, as we can tell, the, the, the Mets, while they're playing well as of late, you know, it they've watched their once dominant lead shrink. And then I guess the only comparison you could make between this Yankees-Astros would be maybe Mets-Dodgers in the NL, the two most likely teams to come out. But it's still definitely – Wouldn't be surprised if – Right? If the, yeah. I mean, the Braves are a good – I mean, the Braves are a really good team. I mean, the, the, the Mets, I think, are better, and I think the Mets will end up winning this division. But the Braves – I mean, that's no disrespect to what the Braves have built. And – I wouldn't be surprised if they made a run at it, you know, if if they beat, you know, a team like the Padres who with Juan Soto, I obviously not, they're not going to have Tatis and that's a big blow for them. But I still think that team and that pitching staff with you, Darvish, and, uh, you know, what they're doing, I think is, you know, Blake Snell and those guys, I think they are, you, know, you put those four teams, I think, together. And then even a team like the Cardinals, who've really came in into the central and they're starting to solidify themselves. I wouldn't be surprised if, a lot of these teams made the run, but mm. yeah, I mean, Mets and Dodgers are definitely your top two, but there are a lot of good teams in the NL. I think it's a deeper um, league when you look at compared to the AL, but I mean, it's definitely to me, Mets, Dodgers. I mean, you can kind of spin it other ways. I think there are a lot of good teams, but those are, those are the top two. And then for Atlanta, they weathered their kind of world series yeah. uh, slumber a bit, you know? And then now that they've gotten through that, they've been a really good ball club as of late. And the, one of those teams kind of arguably playing their best ball at the best time of the year, unlike the Yankees that we talked about in, in the AL. But I want to talk to you guys about the Mets. I mean, to me, this team is, is, is a team that, you know, is defined by grit. This is a team is a deep team defined by determination. And in a way that the Yankees are kind of lacking in that department, it seems like a project that probably won't really ever have the wheels come off more than it already has at any given time, right? Like this is not a group that's peaking at the wrong time. This Mets group is a group that's primed for a world series run to me. And to me, I'd say this, the floor for this group is really an NLCS birth, if not win. For me, this Mets team, I think when you look at DeGrom and Scherzer, they're going to be a tough out in the playoffs. If those two guys are healthy and we still have what a month and a half left, 
I mean, if those two guys are there, I think that, you know, and they're pitching at the level we see them right now, they'll be a tough out. I mean, because they just shorten the series up. You know, you talk about having to beat them, most likely you'll have to beat the pair of them at least once, you think. And you get two wins there. Bassett is the third guy who, you know, is, is, is pitching really well in his own right as well. And the Mets have just gotten the timely hits. Like, to me, in the playoffs, the Mets will be a very, very tough out, Colin. I know you had something to say as well. But I just think this this Mets team, I think, is built for the postseason. Yeah, you teed me up well there, Andrew. I do think they're built for the postseason offensively. I'm a big proponent of situational hitting. I'm not a fan of the all-or-nothing style that some teams like Tampa Bay or others have tried to employ in recent years. The Mets are second in on-base percentage, fifth in batting average. They have guys that can just get it done any way you want them to. Jeff McNeil is someone that I look at. He's like a dream baseball player, kind of a throwback guy. I, love I, I have made this comparison at least a dozen times on FUV shows before. He's Lenny Dykstra 2.0. Me, <laughs> that's who Jeff McNeil is. Starling Marte, also one of those type of players. He's even got some pop in the bat. He can hit one out. Hit two home runs last night. Right. And talking to Buck after games, Andrew, I've known, I know you have covered this team. I've been fortunate enough to do a couple Mets games. There was one instance where someone had asked a question about, oh, you know, do you like the fact that your team does it station by station? And Puck almost indignantly kind of goes, well, we have guys that can hit home runs. Like yeah. We have that power. I think that's very important to acknowledge because against teams like the Dodgers or even even Philly, I know Mets fans and Keith Hernandez want to talk down <laughs> on Philly, but they have a couple of pitchers in that rotation yeah. that can get guys out. Aaron Nola is one of those guys that I think could really finish off the season quite strong. You need to maybe hit a home run every once in a while, and the Mets can do that, break them out of any form of a slump they might get into. But, Miles, I think you hit the nail on the head. The ceiling for this team is still pretty damn high. Like, I don't see a situation where the ceiling – the floor – Oof, I caught myself. I don't see a situation where the floor gets Both, that. Stealing is as high as it can yeah. be. Stealing <laughs> is a world championship. I don't see the floor getting any lower than, a, than getting into the playoffs. So I think the Mets are going to be fine any way you slice or dice it. And they're a team that's built for October success. Absolutely. It just seems like, you know, in baseball, you often have these early season dominant teams that just peak at the wrong time. I mean, you kind of see it in other sports, college basketball all the time. It's a tournament thing, right? Peaking at the right time. But baseball, it's all about momentum. It's all about clubhouse mojo. And, you know, I could really see the Mets, you know, really picking up some mo at the right time. And, you know, I, maybe I'm too much of a reactionary, silly New York sports fan, but I would say that they're more so primed for that deep run in the Yankees right now, right? I could see yeah. that 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 you know Yankees kind of cooling off at the wrong time in, in, in October, and that'd be goodbye, Bronx Bombers. I think the Mets are a better team than the Yankees right now. I mean, that's that's I think this Mets team they got Degrom and Scherzer, and the Yankees will see that for the Subway Series next week, where they get Scherzer and Degrom back to back, which I I think that's going to open a lot of eyes to Yankee fans, and the Mets are. A legit team because you're even seeing it right now with what they're doing against Atlanta. I think this is a perfect kind of comparison when you talk about the Mets floor. You would say the Mets floor, I would say, is the first two games of the Atlanta series. You have Carlos Carrasco go down to injury, you have Taiwan Walker go down to injury, and they lose both games. Basically, they were pretty uncompetitive. And then you come up with Max Scherzer, and you just see the team's energy is different when Max is on the mound. That everyone's kind of a little more energetic. No one wants to miss plays in the field because of Max Scherzer's personality and that alpha kind of, you know, personality that he has. 
and you saw the bats wake up. You saw Marte hit two home runs. You saw Brett Beatty in his major league debut hit a, hit a home run on his first at bat. And you see the team kind of, you know, weather the storm and get out of that game with the win. And then you have DeGrom tonight. And I mean, DeGrom freed will be a wonderful pitching matchup. I think a lot of people are looking forward to that. I know I am. And you're, you're thinking, okay, if we can win this game, we get out of Atlanta with a split and you feel really good. And that's what a stopper is. And the Mets have two stoppers with Scherzer and DeGrom. I don't see them going on a losing streak more than two or three games the rest of the season if these two guys are healthy, just because, I mean, when these guys go up and they give you six, seven, eight innings and one or two no-earned runs, it's tough to lose multiple games in a row. And you get you don't get on these long slides when you have such great pitching. And, you know, we'll see this, Met, this Mets team has this kind of tough stretch. They have Atlanta and they have Philly, then they have the Yankees. And they're going to be a little bit banged up for those games. But if they can navigate that, have a winning record, it just shows you what good starting pitching, what elite starting pitching, that, that's what DeGrom and Scherzer are, can give you. Yeah, they have the most elite pitching in baseball with those two guys healthy. I don't even think it's close, especially when you throw in Bassett to that equation. If Cookie Thrash <laughs> was able to come back, him as well. He should be, hopefully. In terms of Mets-Yankees comparisons and how those teams kind of shape up, I think the Mets – as far as New York goes, they are the workman group. If the Yankees win, it will be a little bit of that, you know, Broadway Hollywood style where it's a dramatic home run or a great pitching performance from Cole. If the Mets win, it's going to be because, be because of the most workman answer possible. It's going to be because they feel great. It's going to be for reasons about good pitching and playing smart. For different reasons, these teams have performed very well, and it's for different reasons that they'll win. I think the Mets are more of a sure thing to win a postseason series and to potentially make that World Series run. But if the Yankees are able to get those good breaks, they're just as likely to make that run because they're a team of momentum. I don't think the Mets are that type of mentality because I think the Yankees have that kind of thought process. And you can see this in the locker room of, you know, some of these guys have been around since 2019. They remember what it was like to lose to Houston they kind of go with the flow. So if they're on a roll, they're going to win games. But if they get on that slide, they're not going to be able to have the fortitude to stop themselves because they don't have a personality like Buck Showalter running the show. They have an Aaron Boone type of guy who's, you know, contrary to a lot of people's opinions. I think he's a highly emotional manager. I do. I think he's the type of guy that kind of goes with that flow the same way. And whatever way the wind pushes him is how he's going to manage that given game or series. So for both teams success will be based on how well they're able to perform based on their personalities i do think that's going to play a part in both teams path in october i hear that and the funny thing is about the mets is they had a really special start to the year right just dominant baseball at times and the thing that makes that so impressive is they were missing degrom and scherzer for a chunk of that and i think that really bodes well for who they're going to be this postseason right they proved for months and months that they can be this high quality ball club without their two faces of the franchise who, as Andrew stated, arguably give you two automatic wins, shorten up a series. I mean, it just seems like things are really coming together at the right time for the Mets. And maybe, you know, it's, it's, it's a tad naive and excited, but man, I'm, it does seem like for a franchise that's really disappointing their fans year in year out, this is a year that they're primed for postseason success. The Steve Cohen effect. I mean, that that's just what it, you know, it, it is what it is at this point. And you look at all the players that Billy Epler and Steve Cohen brought in, and I, I think Scherzer and Marte, just bringing in professional 
players, like just professional in the locker room, professional on the field. Like, you know what Starling Marte is going to give you, which is just like, I mean, when, when you look around the league, you can't say that about a, a lot of players. You know what Max Scherzer is going to give you. You know what, you know, you can go kind of around the room. Mark Cannon is going to give you. And I, I think that's just so, so important. When you play 162 games, you can get just consistent players. And yeah, Miles, you're right. The Mets had a great start to the season. Well, they're even better right now, which is just tells you how special this season's been. I mean, and when we've had this whole conversation, we haven't talked about the best closer in baseball, Edwin Diaz, who has been just locked down. I mean, th- this is the best closer season I think we've seen since Eric Gagne with the the Dodgers back, and I think it was 03. Uh, and it, it's, it's just been a situation, I think, where the thing that's going to kill them, it's going to be the bullpen. It's going to be getting to Diaz. Ottavino struggled last night. You've seen Seth Lugo struggle in the past as well. I think that's my only area where – you get nervous, the bats get a little cold, the bullpen blows some games, and that's my point of concern with this team. I mean, I'm not like, you know, through the roof, like think this team's, you know, going to you know, be like Panic City is what we call it in, in Mets land. I'm not in Panic City, but I, 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 I do think this team, you know, you could see that's the one area. Now we'll see what happens in the playoffs because you can bring in starters, you know, in, in the relief roles. You're probably going to see that with a guy like Tyler McGill who's coming back from injury, Joey Lucchese coming back from injury. And, you know, you're hoping that David Peterson could also play in the bullpen as well. But, you know, right now, I mean, you're you're really high about this Mets team. And the Yankees are also, look, they're no slouches in their own rights. That's why I think this is just going to be a fun September into October. Playoff baseball in New York is just the best, hands down. It energizes the city. Can we talk about the fact that Edwin Diaz is now a fan favorite in Queens? I remember when Edwin the... was ready to send this guy to Siberia. I mean, oh, I, oh I loved him since he got since he got the, the trumpet song, which was twenty twenty. I was like, okay, this guy's good. Everyone was dumb with him. It was send him anywhere else but New York. I mean, I remember that Mets fans were killing this guy. You would they were missing Jerry's Familia at that time. <laughs> I mean, I, I have never heard a close. Well, actually, I have heard a closer get bashed that much over in the Bronx or all the Chapman. But <laughs> oof, I remember that that was not that long ago either. And so, give him a lot of credit for for becoming this. I yeah, mean, that's, he's been incredible you know, this year. And as you said, the path back. to getting to him is going to be very important. I think David Peterson's going to have to be a bullpen guy. He, yeah, he, I mean, they're going to need multiple guys. I think to step up. I, absolutely. I think he's probably the best fit along with McGill, as you said, to do that. But I wouldn't be surprised if they even flirted with the idea of putting Bassett in that bullpen just because he's very uh, good in those short spurts and he has good strikeout stuff. I'd be pretty surprised. He does. I, I, I think he's going to be starting game game three of your playoff series or whatever. I, I, and, I, and I think he's when you look around other playoff teams, he may be other teams want. Which is just cra- it's crazy to think. Yeah, that does say a lot about <laughs> where the Mets are at rotationalized. Pretty unbelievable. So on the Mets end, Degrom is pitching this evening in Atlanta as they wrap up that set Thursday evening recording today. We're not sure. Probably won't get this out Thursday evening, so we'll see. And then uh, the Yankees beginning a weekend set into uh, right here in Yankee Stadium against Toronto. Both teams are obviously primed for posting success. I think that you know it's it's an understatement to say that this year is you know just clearly different than past years and that both New York teams have a real legitimate shot at deep posting success. But that's all the time we have this week on Nosebleeds. Thanks so much for listening on your podcast service. As always, Miles Grossman, Andrew Gulotta, Colin Lochran. Nosebleeds is a production of WFUE Sports.